1: Learn more at Marines.com. .com.
2: And welcome to the latest episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I am joined by Graham Thulis. Hello, Craig. And Craig Anderson. How are you doing? I'm good. And we are also, uh, I should also mention that uh, if, there is, if at any point here, some typing in the background, it is uh, Graham's uh, better half is in the room with him as well, because this is what working from home has done to the world, so it cannot be avoided. So just at any point, I'll be able to... Edit out when Graham is not talking, but when Graham is talking and if you hear typing, it's not the other two of us, it's just in the background of Graham's room. So that, that should at least help with any annoyance. For, I, think I often find when you hear background stuff, if you explain it, or as somebody listening to podcasts but it's explained to you what the noise is, it's a lot easier to stand. But it's just like a random noise in the background, you're like, what the hell is that? And then it kind of takes over your you know, thinking as to the, the solid gold content that we're actually going to supply for everybody. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we are going to go through, I think we should reconvene again, hopefully, maybe next week, maybe a, a couple of weeks after, but we'll re- reconvene again for the, the nastier version of this, but the more fun version. The worst players on each team in the Scottish top flight, but we'll release that as a Patreon so that only the bitter and spiteful and hate-filled of amongst our listeners, those who obviously want to pay to, to listen to us, be bitter and hateful and, and spiteful. The people who often, give us their good, hard-earned money. Exactly, they deserve it. They deserve that content. So we will release that as a Patreon in the in the couple weeks. In fact, I might actually release this as a Patreon. It's just this is being recorded at this moment in time It's kind of an insurance because I'm going on holiday in a couple of weeks' time and I don't know whether we're going to have the bodies to get the necessarily sh- necessary shows out and if that's the case then this will be used as a main pod, but maybe a Patreon itself. But I think we'll try at some point in the in the near future to release this as a main podcast and then the worst of as the Patreon. So this is the best players in each team in the Scottish Top Flight. We used to do this, I think we used to do this as a, as an, as a feature every season. I think we've done it for about two or three seasons, but we've, I don't think we've done it for a while. And so we will just, in fact, we always run through the alphabetical order I'm on. Let's do it in reverse alphabetical order. So let's go right to the bottom and let's start with St Mirren. Craig, who do you have as the best player on St Mirren Football Club?
1: So so I was going to do a running joke through this as a, as a joke to the two of you um, when, when we were discussing this of, of picking an ex kelly player for for every team.
2: It's a problem with that though.
1: Submitting that doesn't narrow it down even in the slightest because it's like all of them. Um, but
2: <laughs> is is there, can I just butt in though? Because is there a, is there an ex-Kelly player on each team? Because I was looking at the heart squad and I couldn't see one just by first glance.
1: Um, so Bar- Barry McKay is at least an ex-youth product of Kelly ah. at some point. So I was going I was going for him um, on that basis. Aberdeen had Matty Kennedy that, that was because um, I, I thought they weren't going to have one, but they also signed Craig Sampson in, in an emergency at the weekend, so I could have picked him. Imagine that. Imagine that was your life, or
0: uh, you having an emergency, and the answer is Craig Sampson. Like, <laughs> what, what a world! What a world to live in.
1: Um, but but in the absence of that, and in, in taking this uh, taking this more seriously, um, I, f- I found some quite a hard team to pick actually, because I think they've got. I-, I talked about it on. Well, I I don't know when this has been released. I, I talked about it on the most recent podcast that I did. Um, before we recorded this that they've got a lot they've got a lot of good um,
2: you you talked about this on
1: Tuesday the 15th of February that's that's exactly true Um, the the attacking talent they've got and and I think it's maybe a bit harsh on Jack Anik who's an excellent goalkeeper it's probably quite harsh on their very good defence but I am going to go for Connor Ronan um, who I think has just been consistently very good since he came in every time you see him he's a big game player as well because every time you see him on the telly he seems to be battering in goals from outside the box and just just doing good things and he he's one of these guys because I'm always skeptical of players coming in on loan from from English football I think the hit rate for getting these guys in is so low but the contrast of that is Jim Goodwin's hit rate as a as a recruiter, is extremely high. I think I can't think of a manager in recent times who's done a better job of constantly bringing in good players. And so, Ronan, Ronan is very much one of those. I just think he's he's got he works hard, um, which I think is a prerequisite to to get a game for St Mirren. But he also has a fantastic amount of ability, and he's fairly two fifty. He, he doesn't, you know, you don't see him falling over the ball when he's trying to go in one direction rather than the other. He's quite creative, but he's also direct when he needs to be, and, and it's everything I like in an attacking player. Um and so yeah, he he's the one that I ended up going for.
0: I really like Ronan and obviously the looking at St over the past couple of years, Jimmy McGrath has been such a big part of their team and I kinda of felt it like and just never really took to McGrath. Like he seemed to get an awful lot of goals, but his contribution to me never really felt like it was Equal to the, the amount of praise he got. Ronan, on the other hand, every time I watch him, I'm quite happy to see more of him. Every time I watch him, I feel like you're learning a little bit more about him and you see what he brings to the team. Um, for myself, um, I kind of had a look at Ronan, had a look at the attacking players, had a look at various players, and Anik, as well, deserves a shout and almost made it in for me. I actually went for Joe Shocknessy. Um, on the basis that he makes about as many challenges as anyone in the St team he wins about as many challenges just about anyone in the league he's only missed one game uh, this season um, and despite what St have been throughout the course of the season and at the start of the season they felt quite stodgy and quite um, sort of safety first now that they've opened up his game hasn't really deteriorated from that point at all um, he also has swapped Ken from the primarily on the left-hand side of St defence last year, just over on the right-hand side, and he doesn't really feel like he's dropped at any point there at all, and he's just... St defence has had quite a lot of movement, and him and Marcus Fraser are kind of the two presence throughout the season with him. Um and he just continually is just that steadying and solid presence, and the... My favourite thing with shocking to see as well is that you're almost guaranteed a last-minute win- last minute winner against Hibs at least once a season. At least once a season for him as well. So, yeah, shocking to see my guy for St. Man.
2: Yeah, I had Sean sure to say as well, I don't think there's too much else to add, other than I like him because he always seems to play well at Easter Road. And uh, my my best pal works with his sister as well. And I've uh, met him a couple of times and says he's a very nice bloke. So, he's uh, a
0: lovely, lovely guy, yeah. Absolutely delight. And yeah, I, I mean- love their
2: family. I love their famous family. So they've got... <laughs> So they've got Joe Shaughnessy, they've got Connor Shaughnessy, who used to play for Hearts and Leeds, and I think it's in English League one now, I can't remember who we are with. They've got a sister, whose name I can't remember, who was Jessica Hyde in the British TV show Utopia, I think it was called, and then their other sister works with Lee Forrest at Tuchters London. (laughs)
1: and which one is the biggest claim to fame who can decide <laughs> it should Welcome be Lee Forest, Forrest, but <laughs> <to> Lee Forest. <laughs> the, the, I mean the thing with Strongness is like it was such a big signing at the time that they brought him in because they're def- they, I mean St-, St Mirren have got a, a very small first team squad they operate quite small and there's such a lack of defenders and it was it was probably a bit of a risk to bring him in because yes he'd been good before but he'd kind of tailed off when he realised he was leaving St Johnston, and then um, he'd he didn't necessarily do brilliantly down in England from from what I gather. I don't think he was bad either, but it, it did feel like a bit of a risk to bring him back up. But yeah, he's been he's been um, been exceptionally solid ever since he since he arrived um, basically in Paisley, and I, I can't argue with those. I think I, I'm probably always going to be biased towards attacking players. We'll probably get that through this, but um, well, it's,
2: it's, it's harder. Like if you're talking about best, like yeah, there might not be kind of best over a long period of time in terms of form and consistency, but. It's kind of easy to go towards the attackers, because it's a harder job creating goals and scoring goals is infinitely a harder job than stopping them going in. That's yeah, why they paying the big bucks and they're the big players.
1: And I'm not right,
2: let's, let, let's move to aye, the more interested. Let's move to Saint Johnson Where Jesus, this is hard. Not, no, not not a lot of attacking players here. This,
0: this is this is not this is not this, this is the easiest choice in the entire list because <laughs> it's Xander Clark because he's easily Saint Johnston's best player by some distance, and there's every chance that. We're going to find out, particularly given that he's picked up an injury, that over the next three or four weeks, quite how good and quite how vital Alexander Clark is to St Johnston. Um, I didn't, I
2: didn't that, want to, I didn't want to go. Do you know why I didn't want to go to Clark? It's because it's still. I'm still bristling a little bit. Everybody pretends that he's been excellent for like five years, kind of thing. Where he was actually no, not. He's actually in the past. The
0: past, the past eighteen months, he has been arguably as good as anybody as a top-flight goalkeeper ah, in the Scottish Premiership. Um, and it's, it's now. Re- it's now reaching the point where. It was a case of, well, uh, six months is a flash. Six months is good form. Twelve months is, you know, he's, do, he's doing quite well. Eighteen months is getting to the point.
2: Graham, I would disagree with you on 18 months. I think he didn't actually start playing well until until that header at Ibrox yesterday. So that's not quite even 12 months, but...
0: I don't know, he was, he was a big player in the, the League Cup uh, success for St. John's okay, as well. let's um, go the, back. I'm the, not going 18 months because I gave had si- a poor s- start
2: to that season. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, he's... Okay, so the last... Since the start of twenty. Fuck! What year is it now? It's <laughs> since started twenty twenty one. Uh, he's been a he's been a huge player for St Johnson and I think that's probably long enough that he is the he is the choice here. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to go against it because I still get annoyed at uh, people who just kind of seem to pretend that he's been excellent for like his entire career. He was excellent when he first broke through, and then for about three seasons, wasn't very good. Uh, but he's now got back to those levels before. Um, so yeah, okay, I'm, I'm fair enough to to give it to to Clark. I did consider, the other contenders I had was Liam Gordon and Jamie McCart, because I don't think there's anybody else to actually consider. Jamie McCart's, 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 McCart's been rubbish hyaline. this season, but I'm kind of betting that McCart is rubbish because he's he he wants he's got an eye on a move away from St. Johnson. he's out of contract to the end of the season and he wants to go, but he's actually a better, much better player than he's shown this campaign and he's actually looked, kind of getting back to his previous form in recent weeks. Liam Gordon's just got kind of a steady, decent centre half, but nothing really special about him. Good 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 uh, coordinator of the defence, good communicator, a, a Perthshire boy, all that stuff. Decent enough, but yeah, not like not the defensive of Lynch, he was maybe made out to be last season, where he was voted the uh, fifteenth best player in Scottish football over the year. <laughs> uh, better, was it better than a the Overell? So one position behind him or something wild in that daily record list. So yeah, he's not quite that, but he's decent enough, but. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to. I'm going to have to um, stop being so petty and stubborn and just admit to that Xander Clark is Johnson's best player.
1: I I wanted to go with someone who has not been tainted at all by the absolute disaster that they've been um, this season. So I picked David Willispoon, um because <laughs> he's been out injured all season. You um, <laughs> can't even give it to him because the, the appearances that he did make it himself, he came, he came on
0: and then got himself immediately sent off against ah, Galatasaray as well.
2: Craig, I would disagree with you. I think of the games he played this season, I know it was in many before he got injured, but the games he did play he looked fucking rubbish.
1: I, I just think, I think if David Willerspoon had been sticking about um, and, and hadn't missed most of the season, they they might have a few more points, um, and and I'm I'm but I, I think they have been diabolical this season, St Johnston. So anyone who is not associated with it, it was either him or Callum Hendry, the two that haven't been associated with that di- <laughs> that diabolical <laughs> uh, uh, set set of games. Can't um, so, go so with Nadir
2: I- Chifchif; there's not enough games to be tainted.
1: It could, could have gone, yeah, it's one, one of those, Tom Sang, it could have been him as well. Um, but I think I think the forty five minutes he did have was probably enough to rule him out. Um so yeah, I decided I decided, we talked about not being form, about being who we think's the best on, on ability and as him for me I think he's um I mean he's his age his age will catch up with him and maybe maybe this injury will be will be the thing that does it, but um I think long term for St Johnson he's been one of the stars for, for a while now.
2: Hey, it's Craig Fowler here with a proposition. How does a free case of beer sound? After the longest January record, off the back of some testing times, I reckon you think that sounds fantastic! Let's face it, we all deserve a party and I can think of nothing better than being ambushed by some delicious craft beer. Grab a case for free courtesy of our pals at Beer52 by going to beer52.com forward slash terrace and covering the meagre postage of 5 95 Beer52 is the biggest beer club in the world. Each month they send their members a case of beer from a different part of the globe and this month it's an absolute belter. Their great European road trip takes its best beer from across the continent. If you want a pilsner, they've got you covered from Norweg's Lerwig Brewery. If you want a monster, 7.5% double IPA, they have you covered from Sweden's Duggins Brewery. Or, if you like something a little on the dark side, there's a smooth coffee stout from Copenhagen's Tuul. <laughs> I think I've got the pronunciation right there, and there's also beer from Croatia, Poland, Germany, Serbia and Austria amongst others. If dark beer's not your thing, you can also select the light only case. You also get the Ferment Magazine, a couple of tasty stacks. And if you're not satisfied with your Beer52 order, you can pause or cancel your subscription at any time. So that's beer52.com forward slash terrace to claim your free case now. That's beer52.com forward slash terrace. Right, let's move on to Ross County. Graham, who is Ross County's best player and why is it Regan Charles Cook?
0: Because he's the Premiership top scorer.
2: Greg, what have you got for us?
1: Yeah, I, I've I've uh, I've gone for Regan Charles Cook. Um, <laughs> just uh, I thought I thought he was probably uh, probably the one that uh, Ross County are a very strange team, right? But that fr- that front, I mean, I, I, I'm saying that front three is good. I am not remotely suggesting Jordan White is anywhere near um, being one of the three best uh, players at Ross County, but he, he's a part of that front three, and Hungbo is a very good player as well. But but Charles Cook is the one that is constantly the difference maker for them, right? I mean, he's the one that gets the goals and they're, and they're very often important goals. Because sometimes you get a guy that scores 30 goals in a season, but half of them are, when they, especially if it's like a Rangers or Celtic player, half of them's when the team are already 3-0 up. But such a massive chunk of his goals are winners, equalisers, things like that. And um, such, a, such an improvement, marked improvement on probably the first, seven or eight months of last season where I mean just, just remembering his debut against Motherwell when he, he came on the park and I think the first thing he did was fall over the ball. Um yeah. and I mean anyone can fall over the ball but um it, it just it didn't it didn't it didn't go down well because I picked him at the start of last season. We we always do a pre preseason prediction as best and worst signings and I'd read into him a bit and thought this guy's gonna be good and picked him as the best signing for Ross County last season and <laughs> was made to look stupid by that but then he has uh, he's decided to just delay it to make me look stupid twice because then I thought he was going to be rubbish this year so yeah just a really good player isn't he and and someone if he sticks around in Scotland next season he will not be at Ross County
2: yeah right, I don't think we actually need to say much more on them. yeah Regan Charles Cook undoubtedly the best player at, at uh, Ross County right let's move on to Rangers um, this is bloody tough <laughs> I so there's four players that I considered and I've ultimately settled for this because just in my heart of hearts, it just makes me happy to pick this man. So the Rangers' best player I stuck with, Alfredo Morelos. He's still... I mean, he showed recently, like when he's come back into the... After he missed the, the time away being with the uh, uh, Colombian national team and he missed a couple of Rangers games, then he comes back in and you can see right away they're just such a better team with him on the side. His, his play... Outside the box. The, the kind of link-up play that he's done with it under Gerard, but now he's kind of going back more into the Morelos of old where he's bullying defenders more, looking at running behind more. His his physicality is outstanding, his link-up play is outstanding, his movement is outstanding, his antics are outstanding. <laughs> Just ever and about is tremendous. So while they're is I mean a couple of years ago, if we'd done this, I can't. Remember, I don't think we did. Maybe two years ago, but if we'd done this two years ago, it would have been like a standout. Morales is obvious Rangers' best player. It's now nowhere near as clear cut as it was then. But I'm still going for the. <laughs> I'm sticking with tradition. I'm saying <laughs> Morales is still Rangers' best player. Nobody has. Think of it if you think of it as a boxer. Nobody has taken the title from him. James Tavernier came very close last year, but I'm not sure that over, over, on the balance, if you include this season as well, that you could say that he deservedly does. Graham, who do you have? Well, it's it's,
0: it's interesting you ask me that because I've gone for James Tavernier as Rangers' best player.
2: It's close. I think it was between the it's between the two and Joe Aribo for me.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And while I could probably on a different day be swung to one of one of a, a or Morelos, depending on what had happened, the sort of raw numbers for James Tavernier add up. To make a, a a fairly compelling argument on the basis that he creates the most chances, he has the most assists, he has the most goals for anyone that isn't a centre-forward, which seems like a reasonable way of judging things because he's a right-back. <laughs> he makes more key passes than anyone else. When he is good, they are good. He's the best player. Ask me this time next week, and it might be Morales. It might be Arebo Arebo looks just a little bit knackered at this point in the season. Like he looks like he needs just a little bit out of the team, and um, just in order to recover a little bit. Because feel, I feel like he's played an awful lot of football. Morales um, says he's since Gio's come in, as you say, his game is just that little bit more natural to him rather than what Gerard was asking him to do. He did very well for Gerard, but what he's doing now appears to be what exactly what he wants to do. Um, so. A very good argument, but no, that's uh it's Tarvena for
1: me. I, I'm I'm with you, Craig. Um I, I went for my loss. Um, tw- I mean twenty seven goals in Europe at the time of recording, they're playing Borussia Dortmund tonight, um, in, in the first leg but um, So twenty seven
0: goals tomorrow. Probably. <laughs>
1: um but the um I mean yeah they play more games in Europe and, and all of that but to, to outscore McCoyst in Europe to be, I think, he's one of the top three now in, in all time for Scottish Cubs. Um, something that that region is nonetheless incredibly impressive. Over 100 goals for Rangers in the space of like less than five seasons. Um, he's just consistent. He just scores. He scores lots of goals. He's hit double figures every season. He's been here in the league, um, got 13-29 got and, and. um the kind of 18, 19, and nineteen twenty tailed off a bit last season, but that was he was being asked to play quite a different role. I would have said, and then I think I think he may have missed his boat on the big move that he was hoping for. But the goals that he continues to score for Rangers are are big ones again, um, especially these European goals. How many times have they dug out a win in Europe, and it's been him that scored the goal? And and as much as Tavernier has been obviously. Excellent for them, I think. You could much more easily lose his contribution than than Morelos. it over that period. I think they they probably don't get anywhere near the success they've had in Europe over the last few years, which is ultimately really what Rangers should be aiming to do. Without him, I don't. I don't think they really get anywhere near it.
2: I was just looking to see if there's because I heard something about a new like trying to get him on a new contract recently.
0: Yeah, they are trying to sign you know, him, but there was um bits and pieces. Um, last week there was a it was a verified Twitter account, but it wasn't somebody I recognised saying that Rangers are trying to get him on an extended contract. So it was like a five year five year deal or whatever. Which again, if if he signs a five year deal, then that's going to take him comfortably into the top ten uh, all time top flight scorers. Um, and the only question at that point is how quite how
1: high up he can get it.
2: That's what you want, eh? Stick it around, Alfie. A Come legacy. on, it's a, a legacy. Day.
1: The next, the next, one was the last one to do. It. I'm not saying he's quite as good, but he's uh, he was the last one that hung around. That was clearly too good for this level, but hung around long enough to just constantly batter and goals.
2: I would quite like to see him try himself at a higher level, just to kind of see, because I think he would do well, but obviously he really has these doubters, and a lot of people don't think he's good enough for that level, but I, I would like to see him try it, and to basically prove me right. But at the same time, I don't really watch football outside of Scotland anymore, so at the same time, I'll just not watch Alfredo Morales anymore, and that's, that's bad. So, yeah, fuck it, stick around. Right, Motherwell. Eh, uh, hmm.
0: Craig, I'm Craig, good what's you, next? Craig, you guys go first and then we'll see where we end up
2: okay I went for Liam Kelly even though I don't think he's necessarily had a great season I just he's think he's world
0: that, class Craig he's world <laughs> class
2: I just think that he's he's, he's had his mistakes at times but I think overall he world class
0: saves though he, he keeps making
2: world <laughs> I, keep I thought seeing, you to let us go Graham.
0: no I keep seeing that. <laughs> I, I keep being told that Liam Kelly is making world class saves That's. I just wanted to highlight that he makes world class saves Apparently. okay.
2: <laughs> I don't know if I can detect some uh, sarcasm there, but we'll get to you in a second. So yeah, that had Liam Kelly. Um, they are, despite the fact that he has he has had these errors at the point in the season, he has made uh, still a few terrific stops for Motherwell this campaign, and I think just over the course of his career and the impact that he made coming in last season, particularly as well, a, a real boost to the side. And I, and probably as well, I just didn't really see a lot of other possible standout candidates. Like, there's nobody really for the attack who's consistent enough. The defence, there's some decent players there. But again, not many I would really say properly stands out as, oh, what a player he is. And so I kind of thought between Kelly and Callum Slattery. But i just a bit more familiar with Kelly's work. So I went with him. That was kind of my, my reasoning in the end. Craig?
1: Yeah, I, I did as well. Because the, the the more I looked at this list to try and find Mother World's best player, the more more my respect for Graham Alexander grew. I think because <laughs> what, I mean, who, who else am I going to pick? Like, I mean, the, the forwards, as you said, like Woolery, I mean, Van Veen has his moments, and if if you were talking about that one game in four, like where he's brilliant, you you, you would pick him. But like guys like Woolery like um, like um, who was the other forward I was going to say Roberts, Shields they're not that good, they're fine they're they're capable players at this level you look at the midfielders, they're all you've got Sean Goss who can pass the ball and not much else and lots of other guys that are shit kickers and then some weird defenders a weird bunch (laughs) of defenders because you've got someone like Stephen O'Donnell international level, played for Kelly, fantastic barely kicked his ass for Mullerwell and a bunch of centre-backs who even talking to you Graham, go back and forward between Oh, he's actually really good, and then what an absolute dumpling! And so, how how do I pick any? How do I pick anyone else apart from Kelly, who for all these folks does um, does constantly bring out the the moments that do win you games. Again, we're talking after the the cup game against Aberdeen at the weekend, um, that he pulled off a save in the last minute that wins wins the game for Motherwell. He's not the only player that contributes to that win, but that those moments stick in your head. So it's it's why I've picked him.
0: Uh, I will be picking uh, Motherwell's centre-half slash right-back Bevis Mugabe given that he's essentially I mean, Liam Kelly's quite good but Bevis Mugabe's our best player in two positions um, <laughs> so I mean I can't really argue with that can you? Like, he is and I know it's like uh, when he came in and in particular the game against Merlin in the Cup when we conceded four in like 20 minutes he was an absolute catastrophe. But throughout watching him, you kept seeing some sort of wee bits and pieces. Like You're actually quite a decent defender. Maybe there's something there. Maybe something. The more consistently he plays, and again, he's, he's, the, the first game back after the, great, the, the break against Ross County, he was all over the place again. And I always feel it takes him at least 90 minutes to just spin up to being a good player again. Um, the fact that he's currently... A, as Craig says, O'Donnell has not been great for Motherwell. Mugabe, I would rather have Mugabe tearing down the right wing and slinging across into the stand at this moment in time because you feel that you're getting up far more out of him during the game. He's aggressive on the ball. He is... Sort of surprisingly quick and every time he goes an amazing run it just raises a really big smile on my face because it looks really difficult to d- defend against simply on the basis I'm not sure he knows what's going to happen next so I- I'm not entirely sure other defenders and midfielders can anticipate what's going to happen mi- next which makes him very difficult to defend against as well as a, a centre half I think for me he's probably our most he is our most consistent centre half home looks very good for big parts of games and then drops out. Ojala, since he came back from injury, looks borderline finished. Like He, he played himself into the Aberdeen game and was much better. And again, he was the same when he came in and he needed a couple of games to wind himself up to play in again. But he very been very injury prone throughout the season, which is essentially why we've got a finished set half playing for us. Um, but out of all of them, Mugabe's my guy.
2: I was about to say after you'd finished there, how on earth are Motherwell in the top six? But then, I remember, there's another player we're going to get to It's somebody else's best player, and that's why. <laughs> we'll get to that soon enough. Right, Livingston. So, Livingston, I have six players who I think are competing for the runner-up spot for this. So, I have Bruce Anderson, Jason Holt, Scott Pittman, Jack Fitzwater, Io Obeleye, and Nicky Devlin. I think are all in contention as Livingston's second best player. But I think they're clearly their best player is Stefan Omiyonga.
1: Oh, that's interesting. That's that's not where I was going with that. I was wondering where you were going with that. I, yeah, yeah, I, it's. I found this the hardest team of the lot to do because they're, they're all that they've got several good players, many of whom you listed there, but they're all kind of like like quite the same like like there, there's not a there's not a star player I, I get where you're going with Omeonga there is a star think,
2: player at Stefan Omeonga I've just told you but, but I, I do think like
1: Omeonga's a player who's a good player he's been a very good player when he's been in Scotland but the hype goes beyond how good he is for me like he, he is good but you would think from the way he was talk, talked about at Hibs that he was the kind of second coming of John McGinn it, or whatever I think, but, it,
2: I think at Hibs he was a bit overhyped uh, but it, Le- Livingston this season this man has dominated the games in the centre of the park on his own for, for a Livingston team that are not known for dominating games in the centre of the park he like especially in both games against Hibs I've seen both of them and he just absolutely like ruled
0: dominating the Hibs midfield come on now <laughs> well, that's a real a real a real sign of a great player dominating the Hibbs midfield they're
2: still 7th they're still <laughs> they're still that's still half the league Graham bottom half yeah, it's still half the league though. Livingston North, oh wait, or wait, Livingston
0: top half now. I can't imagine. Okay, I've I'm 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 going to pull my hands up and say that I lifted this almost entirely from Livichick Chick in the Terrace Podcast uh, Discord server, who highlighted the importance of Scott Pittman to Livingston, and it's been stuck in the back of my head ever since it was, she shared that for us as well. So at the point at that point, so there's been some games since, but at that point, Pittman had a. Uh, Played 21 games, he started 7, came on a sub, had no involvement in, f- in 10. So he split that into 11 games where he was involved in 10 where he wasn't. They won 7 and lost and drew 3 of the ones he was. And the ones where he... Oh, sorry, the one where he, they haven't won a single game where he hasn't featured. lost 7 and drew 3 has been involved? They won six, drew two, and lost three. I intended to double check the stats on that going forward to add in the extra games since then, but I've simply not had the time, so I must apologise and I hope I've referenced this, referenced this appropriately. But Scott Pittman is the best player in Livingston and on midfield. He's the best player in their midfield, and he's the best player at Livingston. Every time you see him, it's hopeless watching Livingstone in highlights because you don't get any sense of the, the rhythm of the game and the way the game is being played by Livingstone. That's kind of always been the case for me. Watching Pittman in person and in the flesh, you watch a whole game. it just, just pops up there and he pops up there and he pops up there. And he cuts out danger and he starts to attack. He just does everything which is the very bits that are clipped out at the beginning of highlights. And you don't really see them until you watch the full game.
2: I would like all the Livingston fans either whether via Twitter or via Discord to to, to tell Graham how wrong he is about this and, and Craig Fine. as well Craig who's your pick?
1: Yeah I, I'm still I still don't know who my pick is Craig <laughs> I, I sat and went through this and I listed like I listed about nine players so I thought like they're quite good like I've got Nicky Devlin down Jack Fitzwater down Obelai down Pittman down um, who else did I have um, I'm going through the going through the squad list now I, I did have Omionga as one of them um mainly those guys but um, I, I I don't know is my answer I, I'm going to pick Nicky Devlin just because I like him um, I, I don't think he's our best player I don't think anyone's our best player I think David good, Martindale's is our good, best player
0: a good Air United man Nicky Devlin um,
1: he left them, so that's for, just, shame. for that's, shame that's
0: good Ray, enough for me you're softening your, your, your age
1: fatherhood has changed you he, oh, he's, he's not an Air United player now is he he, he left him in the lurch. Um, but I just think I, I, I think David Martin is was the most the most important person at lefty in terms of getting them all playing. I think these are good players, and I really found it hard. And Devlin, I just really like watching. He's he's my type of fullback. He's he's solid, but he gets up and down really well. Probably it's all younger but now that now that I've gone into bat against what you said, Craig, I'm not going to I'm not going to give you the the satisfaction of picking them.
2: <laughs> oh, come on, man! It feeds me. It sustains me. <laughs> Right, let's move on. Hibs. Oh, speaking of speaking of arguments that I like to go on about, Hibs' best player is Ryan Porteous. Mm, that's
0: uh, I did, well, I, I, Do you know what? Do you know what? I actually have Christian Doys down on my list just to prove a point. Um, <laughs> but you are actually right. Um, simply on the basis, it seems when you watch Hibs and Porteous isn't playing, they like Hibs have been poor this season. Like, there are no bones about it. House have not been a good football team this season. Habsburg Ryan Paulsus is not playing. Are an abysmal football team because there are there are limits to his game. I'm not entirely convinced that he is the second coming of anything. However, when he does not play for the Burnley, they are absolutely atrocious because they don't they don't know what to do. They, they generally the the ball starts at the back. Whether they're trying to play it out, whether they go long, they simply don't know how to function without him because it's him taking the ball out of defence, striding out of defence and. Or alternatively, pinging passes to guys out on the wing, or they're hopeless without them. So he's the best player.
1: I mean, I'm I'm looking at this squad, and I'm I'm questioning like how Hibs have managed to spend so much money in accumulating a squad like this, like, uh, like a solid kind of bottom six centre half. Like Portis probably is the best player, and that's quite a a, a kind of um, damnation on the rest of the squad. So how dare you? Um, yeah, I think I'm going to I'm going to have to go for him as well, um, because again, you could have said this time last year or whatever in this bit, but it's a sustained period of not being very good, um, and then you've got lots of other guys that have shown flashes here and there. Um, caden
0: has been good. has been good sort of since about what sort of October, November has been good, but again, that's simply because everything has to go through him because there's nobody else to run for Hibs at the moment because after Boyle's gone so he's such a big part of the squad now he still can't cross a ball so he can't be their best player still can't lift his head up so he can't be their best player but, but it's he- like
1: 10% of his crosses going to the net like happened um, <laughs> that was against Levy a few weeks ago
0: I don't think that counts as ten percent, given the number of crosses. <laughs> no, la- if you have ten percent of your crosses got in the net, that's an incredible average, but it's simply not.
2: I kind of feel like it's, it's not. A lot of it's not his fault as well, because he often puts in a great cross, oh, and on. then Kevin this bit of standing on the penalty spot with his thumb up, his arse. Would well,
0: you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what would be fine at that point? See if he looked up. <laughs> He's never going to look up, girl. He doesn't want to. See if he'd lifted his head up and gone right. Where's Kevin? And I'll pass the ball to him. That's just- really
1: annoys me. I was watching a game the other night, and I can I can't even remember what the game. Oh no, it was the Peterhead and D game and the, and the commentator went, Oh, it's a it's a really good cross, he really has to expect the centre forwards to be there because the forwards were both like outside the box. It's, it's not a good cross, like you can't just deliver a deliver a standard ball across the a, across the area and then say oh, I, I did my job. Like you, you have to actually pass to your teammates. It's like if your right back's down injured, you don't just pass the ball to the position that you should be in. Uh, so yeah, I I this hip squad like the more you look at it, like I think, I think this has been a useful exercise for me because if you said to me, you know, talk about the Hib squad, I said, you know, we've got a bunch of a bunch of pretty good players. So they're maybe a wee bit short in numbers, but you know, they've got quality in that squad, and you know, Maloney will get something out of them. And then I look at this, and I'm like, where one. where's the quality? Like um, you're talking about guys like Scott Allen, who I mean, undoubtedly has quality, but. It does it for 20 minutes a, a
2: month. To like. further un- underline your point, I think Kevin Nisbet is our second best player. And he's not been good for the no, most part. No, it's still part. Chris Dodge. <laughs> uh, it's Chris Dodge. Dodge. Dodge is... It's a bit of recency bias, but yeah, Dodge hasn't really been at it since he came back for injury. But I think he had COVID as well, so maybe that's uh, part of the reason why that he's not at full fitness. Because it could be Dodge, yeah. Um, but
0: not not only do the Hibs not have good players, they're making players who looked reasonable actually get worse Mm. which is an alarming spot to find yourself in it's like what Um, to do with young
2: players hi it's Fowler here once again to tell you about Manscaped and the ultimate purchase in below the waist men's grooming that's right it's performance package 4.0 Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming, have done it again to take your grooming game to the next level. Join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new Performance Package 4.0 by going over to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code Terrace. So let me tell you a little bit about the Performance Package 4.0. Inside you'll find the lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold it all together. But let's focus in on the Lawn War 4.0 today. This summer is insane! Manscaped would like it to be known that it's the greatest ball trimmer ever, and it's very hard to disagree. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, which you really don't want, thanks to their new advanced skin safe technology. It also has a 7000 RPM motor, a new function on and off switch, which can gauge a travel lock because you don't want a random vibration coming from your bag when you're in a train station. Yes, that has happened to me before, <laughs> but thankfully I don't have to worry about that anymore with this new package. And it gives you the ability to turn off a 4000K LED spotlight should you need it for a more precise shave. Oh, and did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? With all that money you save from barely doing bugger all in January, bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TERRACE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TERRACE at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough this past year. Treat them with the best tools for the job with Manscaped. Speaking of hearts, it's Craig Gordon, isn't it? Craig Gordon. <laughs> it's going to be Craig Gordon. <laughs> Next. He's, he's, the best, he's
1: the best goalkeeper in the league, and, and that's including like former England international and and a fellow former Scotland international, another good goalkeeper who, who might come up later on. he's, it's, incredible it's easily overlooked again. And I know we mentioned it a lot, but it's an incredible story when you think of where he was. And you, I mean, I was Wait, listening hang, to Hang it.
2: on a second. Which, uh, which other goalkeeper might come up? you thinking of Gregor? No no, no,
1: no, 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 no. Sigrist.
2: Alright, oh, I think it's Scottish I think you're still talking no, about no. no, no, no I, I just
1: mean be, no, I mean best goalkeeper um right, okay, in, uh, in the league. Um and I um yeah, you, you look you, you kinda of, the story of him actually being out of the game for that period of time and being able to come back is like uh, maybe only a goalkeeper could do it, but it's still um to see him play the way he is and throw himself about after a guy that's had Long-term injuries and all that is, um, yeah, it's incredible. And, and he, I think this has been probably the best year of his, not of his career necessarily, but of since he left Hearts, and that's quite a lot to say considering he was very good for Celtic. He did have good times at Sunderland, but this season since Hearts came back into the top flight, I think he's been phenomenal. Has
0: saved more shots than any other keeper in the league, which sounds about right. Realistically, on the basis that Rangers and Celtic goalkeepers don't concede that many shots. And uh, nobody else saves anything. Um, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty much on the money for that. Well, he is—he is a different class of player um, to anybody else just about outside of the outside of the old firm. He and the fact that and like you kind of forget until you turn up and until turn up on the telly, you turn up at Tiger's and then you remember he's there and he does what he does every single time. You see him is do something outrageous. But it's not even outrageous anymore because he does it every single time you watch him.
2: Uh, we're talking best outfield player for Hearts. I'd say it's between John Suter and Stephen Kingsley. We're talking for best attacker, it's Barry McKay. Let's move on to Dundee Wright.
1: I like how you didn't leave the uh, right to reply there on that.
2: Who you going to argue over Barry McKay.
1: I mean, that's a good point. Um, uh,
2: William Boyce. Uh can be voice, he does score goals, but he's been a bit rubbish recently, Some I'm kinda of fall out one.
0: Dundee United's best player is Tony Watts. Yes, correct. and they continue to misuse him and I'm beginning to think that Tam Courts might not be the tactical genius he's made out to be. Well, the last two games he playing, has been played through the
2: centre, just not on his own.
0: Just come in, you've signed the league's top scorer and you stick him wide in order to accommodate Mark McNulty No. What's wrong with you?
2: Well, he put them as a partnership. They've just not looked very good in the 3-5-2, so I don't know how long that formation will last. And when it does last, he surely needs to sacrifice Mark McNulty rather than sacrificing Tony Watt.
0: It's remarkable. You've offered a big contract to bring somebody in. You've got them under the big contract. You've paid the money to get him early in order to secure what is going to be a top-six finishing potentially a European spot. He arrives and for four games, I think, stick him wide. Where he, yes, does influence the game, does contribute to the game, but isn't scoring. What's wrong with you? Like, I, 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 honestly, I, I, it's driving me nuts every single time. Um, every single time I see it, it's driving me bullshit.
1: So, I mean, if we, if we talk about Martin McNulty, this is not the place to do it, but let's do it anyway. On that loan spell he had at Hibs, fifth, seven league goals in 15 games he's played, let me add this up, pre- properly: six, 23, 31 41 league games since then in the Scottish Premiership how many goals do you think he scored in those 41 games four it, it, it was exactly four yeah you're <laughs> right Craig. Uh, four and 41 in that period I, I think I think Martin McNulty is a, is a terrible centre forward he, he scored against Kelly this season though but that doesn't say, say much for anything um, I I like Tony Watt I think he's a fantastic player a massively underrated player but I mentioned Steve Grease earlier I think Long term, he's he's. I think he's the reason Dundee United stayed up last season. Um, he's probably not the reason they're they're doing quite as well this season. So I think he's been he's been fine, but maybe not as good. But I'm I'm going to pick him anyway. I, I think that's the, th- the third goalkeeper I've picked, but nonetheless, um, I I really like Sigrist, and I think he's had um he's been a fantastic servant for Dundee United since it since he arrived, and I mean wherever he goes, because I assume he's, he's off, I think he'll. Be very sadly badly missed because they've. I mean, we don't know much about the finish guy they've brought in. Maybe he'll be as good, but they've got a massive gap to fill.
0: I think, I do feel Seagars has dropped off just ever so slightly this year. Last year I thought he was very very good. This year he seems to be doing. He seems to be reverting to dropping things in dangerous areas um, more consistently than he did previously. But again, who can, I, I I didn't spend the time. I haven't spent the time figuring it out. But I, to me, he's dropped off a little bit. Um, but he's still I agree very good
2: right let's move on to the team that I think is the hardest out of everybody it certainly is for me Dundee Charlie Adam Uh, is it though (laughs) because yes he's certainly the most talented footballer but is he the best player
0: who's the best footballer at Dundee is Charlie Adam he's the best footballer Um,
2: but is he the most effective each week he said he's tied on the bench not long ago he can't play in a two man midfield That, that kind of says a lot about him
0: has to get the bus to training now. <laughs>
2: he has to get the bus to training, But at the same time, I did go for him. Because looking around the rest of the team, who the hell else would it be? Lee Ashkoff had a terrific five months. And um, his that legs is, fell off. Yeah, his legs fell off and he's never really shown it in the top flight before. So that just may be a good five-month period and that's him. Paul McMullen, I think he's had a good season. But he's never really done it at this level before. Uh, so again, not a lot of time to go with that. Sean Byrne. Is maybe the other player you could you could look at, but you can't really go. But you've got the option, and there's not a whole lot between them. You can't really go with the kind of the industrious, the the man who loves the slide tackle, loves to break up play. You can't really go with him over the guy who is still capable of you know spraying fifty yard passes and stuff. But Adam, I don't think it's as clear cut as as you with you would say, Graham. Because I do think that he at this age and this level of fitness. You see, he clearly has his limitations as a player, and deservedly has been in and out of the side. I think of late as well. But yeah, just through through a lack of any other options. I mean, Zach Rodden might be in a, in a, in a few weeks' time or whatever, but for the meantime, it's got it's all got to be Charlie Adam.
1: What about what, what, what one of one of your favourites, Naomi again?
2: Uh he's done now. <laughs>
1: I wasn't sure, cause I remember I remember him being talked up as uh, even as recently as like, a couple of years ago you were having him as like, a top three winger, so I was wondering if he'd...
2: Yeah, that that season I'd done that, he had a very good season and I am standing by it.
0: Um, the, six mo- the six months since he went to Korea and then came back, because uh, uh, Aberdeen went, would you like to come and hang out
2: again? And he was like, yeah, sure. It's,
0: I feel like, it, and I know he has, but it does feel in my mind that he's never kicked the ball since.
1: I I I also very reluctantly picked Adam. I think he was absolutely tremendous in in the championship and in and in the playoffs, particularly last season. But um, and he's been good in spells in the top flight. But again, just just another dreadful squad, and you, you can understand it a bit more when it's a team that have come up for the championship. And now that they've brought in their they obviously high quality manager, you would expect that to change uh, quickly. But um, the yeah, you just look at the um, the squad, and I mean. It, it is a championship squad with maybe three, four, five, six players that are able to play at the level up, but there's not. Some teams come up and they've got like three or four guys who are like they are nailed on like really good premiership players. Dundee have a bunch of guys who you say, yeah, they could do a job in the premiership, but like Jordan McGee when he was playing in midfield, I thought was very good, but injuries and stuff have moved him back to the defence where he's been the defender, Jordan McGee, that isn't good enough for the top flight. So there's guys like that that you think, you know, if things go well for them, they could be playing at this level, but there's so few.
2: Right, let's move on to our penultimate team, Celtic. This is bloody difficult, uh, but a completely different way from uh, which Dundee was bloody difficult. There's a good few... there's, There's Certainly, I've got four players, I would say, are... Very strong contenders for the number one spot here. Uh, one, he's just in the door, but he's been excellent in every single game. Rio Hattati really looks like an incredible player, but I'm going to discount him because I don't think it's enough of an evidence so far. Jota, I've got... Uh, Strong, strong contention, and I would not uh, argue with anybody who wants to pick him as the number one. Same with Callum McGregor, who's been around the blocks, done it for years, with I the sure of last was... season when he was rubbish under Neil Lennon, but i blaming Neil Lennon for that. He uh, He's obviously a, a, a terrific footballer in the midfield, running that Celtic midfield for a lot of the, the season. Before Hattie turned up, he kind of had to do it by himself. But I am going to go with... I'm going to go with the striker, the hardest position. I'm going to go with Kyogo. I was sure you were going to pick Sorry. Sorry, his his, his touch, his movement, both are out of this world. And his ability to hit the target as well. I think he's still, like, nearly 60% accuracy on his shots, which is wild. Like, most forwards, even good forwards, like, kind of around about the 40s. (laughs) Like... Uh, to, to be nearly hit 60 after like he's this far in his first full season the only thing you may say about him is that those injury problems have restricted him but I'm not sure whether that's like we'll have to wait and see whether that's something that plagues him or whether he's just having a bit of an, an unfortunate campaign in that regard
1: Yeah, I, 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 I had the similar kind of issues with you in terms of like how do you pick these guys? I was certain you were going to pick McGregor because I I know you're you're an an enormous fan of him in a Celtic strip. But I I mean, I I was and and now in the uh,
2: Scotland top where he's played beside Billy Gilbert
1: and and Ryan Jack before that, but yeah, not not previous to that. No. I, I mean, you could throw Tom Rogic into this argument probably in the in the quality that he's probably shown. I mean, it's consistency in, in the season he's had, but he's probably more of a, a form player. Obviously, you've got Greg Taylor to throw into the mix as well. But <laughs> I, um, I have gone for Jota. I think if you're looking at Pure, who's, who's the best player there? I think it's him. I think he's a player who, if Celtic get him, he will be at Celtic for precisely six months before... He goes somewhere better, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I just think he's he's that good, and I think he's you know he unlike some of the other guys, he's, he's a lot younger. He's twenty two. Um, I don't know how old Hatati is. I'm just looking at it. he's he's quite young as well. But like Furahashi, he's probably at he's kind of peak roughly right now. Um, and and that's great. And Kyogo, sorry, uh, uh, yeah, he, he's doing that. McGregor's at his peak, but Jota has. Kind of his whole career ahead of him. I again, I have no idea. Benfica must be. I said this before. Benfica must be absolutely having attacking players coming out. That I, I don't know how good their attack must be for him not to be wanted by them because he is an absolutely fantastic player. Um and yeah, one who um I'm just thinking Benfica were the team that in the, uh, should have put Barcelona. Uh, or they did eventually put Barcelona in the Champions League, but um, Sefervic was their centre forward. Um, Jota, Jota has more about him than him um, for for a start, but um, yeah, I think he can do everything. Jota and will not be around in Scottish football for long at all.
2: Graham,
0: David, Tumble, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> um, I'm a Craig uh, Jota for me as well. He is of all the players at Celtic and the the number of players particularly that arrived this year which as you quite rightly say has kind of re-energised Callum McGregor this season as well the Japanese guys that have come in have been great fun to watch Kyogo as well and it, particularly his movement is just so impressive uh, and the spaces that he picks up and the, the way in which he glides around the pitch is absolutely wonderful but Jota is just electrifying, like every time I see him he just, he's a, a player that you want to you're quite happy to pay money, you're quite happy to sit down and watch on his own because the things that he does on a football pitch are just brilliant and it's all at such ludicrously high pace um, which is obviously a key part of what Pascoglio is trying to build for them but he's uh, it's absolutely brilliant he's my, he's Celtic's whether well, he's Celtic's best player is up for debate he's my favourite Celtic he's my favourite player within the Celtic team at the moment
2: and let's move on to our final team which has got to be one of the easiest in this entire list. I'm um, kind of looking through the rest. Yeah, we had Gordon at Hearts. was pretty easy. Reagan Charles Cook probably the number one for this, but this, I would say this is even more obvious than Gordon at Hearts. <laughs> Aberdeen, it's Lewis Ferguson.
0: Yep. I sort of tossed up the idea of, of making a pitching in an argument for Christian Amira's, uh just to be awkward. Um I'm not going to because Lewis Ferguson's the best player at Aberdeen. That said, he's not had as good a season as you would expect from a guy with with the standards that he's already set himself.
2: I think he's a bit bored as well at Aberdeen, especially an Aberdeen team that's going to be struggling in the bottom half of the table. He wants to leave there. He wants to try his hand at English football. Uh, But he signed the contract and uh, unfortunately... When you sign a contract and you're getting these gentlemen's agreements, I'm sorry if you if you believe that you're an idiot. <laughs> like you sign if a contract, you, you, you have to commit to the contract.
1: If you want a gentleman's agreement, then uh, don't make a gentleman's agreement. Just put it in the contract. Yeah, and then, exactly. Then, um, he, he, it has to be him. And uh, what well, you know, whether maybe maybe it will end up being Italy because I know there was obviously interest from there as well. But yeah, he's he's not going to be at Aberdeen next season. Because 130 hundred hundred and thirty, nearly hundred and fifty top flight games at the age of twenty two. He's he's an excellent footballer, really turning into a, I mean, talk about David Turnbull who is better than him, but there's like there's little bits that he's starting to develop that ability to maybe be a bit more um a bit more creative and he's starting to be a bit more two footed, just starting to see him do a lot more Things other than just the kind of hard graft that he probably built his reputation on as well, um, and and yeah, the he's had the Scotland call up and stuff like that. I don't think. I mean, it's a very competitive midfield, but I'm pretty sure he's going to hang around in that Scotland midfield as well. He's just, yeah, he's just a a player who I love watching, and. and yeah, we we
0: yeah, will be watching next season. I think. I think it's quite right. I think he will be in the Scotland squad for a while, given his flexibility in terms of where you can play him in central midfield, whether he plays him at a six or an eight or a ten. He um, also
2: dropped back to centre half against St Johnson recently yeah. and looked like <laughs> the best centre half that they've got. So
0: again, he's the best. He's the best. Aberdeen's best player in about four different positions. So again, he's got to be the best player generally.
2: Right, guys. Thank you very much. That was good fun. <laughs> Thanks guys. Nice. Yep, cheers. And thank you to everybody for listening. Again, I'm not sure what I'm releasing this on, but uh, if you're not a part of the Patreon and it's not getting released on Patreon, <laughs> then subscribe to the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash podcast. Because if you've liked this and we have released this as a free-to-air podcast, then you want to listen to the worst version. And there's no ads in that one as well. So there you go, there's another bonus. Right, We don't, need, you we don't need to
1: hear about your balls again.
2: <laughs> yep, <Yeah>. manscaped. <laughs> Trimming my balls. Yeah, you're not getting paid for this. We don't see
0: it. Go. Sports Social Podcast Network.